0: Hello, welcome to the Brazilian Health Nut Show. Here you will find cutting-edge information provided by the best experts in the world so you can learn how to burn fat for the rest of your life. Bruno de Gama is the Brazilian Health Nut in a mission to solve the problems you have when trying to lose weight forever. He is a nutritional therapy practitioner a certified personal trainer, and a holistic lifestyle coach by the Czech Institute. Don't forget to say hello and sign up to our free newsletter at www.brazilianhealthnut.com. Let's go!
1: All right, thank you so much for being here with me, Danny. Today, I really appreciate the time. Can you tell a little bit about your story from little Danny, and now you have a very cool business called Good Decisions. Most of the time, I really like your your name. It's like how I live my, my life, too.
2: Thank you, thank you. Well, thank you for having me. Um, well, my story, my story started. Oh gosh, um, since I was a little girl, you know, um, when I grew up. Um, My parents, um, basically, we had a household of five kids. And when the dinner bell rang, we came running. (laughs) Arms were reaching and food was typically flying. And what that did is it kind of created a, a sense of scarcity around our household that if we didn't get to the food first, we wouldn't get any at all. And this, of course, was not true. We had more than enough food in our house. But inevitably, what would happen is we would heap too much food onto our plate. And when we couldn't eat it all, we would say, Mom, you know, I, I I can't eat anymore. I'm full. And Mom would say, well, I don't care. You took it. You eat it. Mm-hmm. And so our parents basically began to kind of train us away from our inner satiation signal. So instead of stopping eating because my physical body had told me that i had had enough food, I kept going because my parents told me to. And they were very well-intentioned parents by all means. In fact, they were just teaching me what they had learned. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as children, if we buck the system, you know, if if I said, you know, mom, no, I really don't want to eat. And I kept fighting with mom. I risked her disapproval. And Mm -hmm. if she disapproved of me, and there was this feeling that maybe um, she might not love me. And so this is a big risk for kids. And so um, I basically began to be guided away from my internal hunger and satiation signals. And so instead of eating because I was hungry, you know, I'd sit down for dinner and I'd say, Mom, I'm not hungry. And Mom would say, well, I don't care if you're hungry or not. You're going to eat your dinner. Yeah, you gotta eat. You gotta eat, yeah. And so (laughs) I began to navigate the world based upon this. And because there was also this feeling of not wanting my mom's approval and love taken away from me, I just began to adapt. And eventually I just began to overeat and I gained weight. And I began to eat not because I was hungry, but also because I needed to soothe myself. Or I, I was feeling empty, and I wanted to fill myself up because I was lonely, or I'd had yeah. a rough day. And so then I began to eat emotionally. And yeah, so it's
1: gonna, sorry, go ahead. Yeah,
2: no, it's okay. Um, yeah And I know so many people, we all do this. I mean, all humans, I think, eat emotionally. And yeah. As I grew up, um, I kind of navigated the world the best I could, but eventually um, I went back to school, uh, became a nutritional therapist, and found myself in kind of the unique position where I was telling people during the day to eat their vegetables, and then I would go home at night and I would binge And I knew that something was wrong and I knew that I wanted to stop, but I felt like I was out of control. I felt like I had no control. I felt like I was driven by my compulsions and there was this chaotic nature to my eating. And so I went and saw a psychologist and I originally went to see him for some personal reasons, but I found that what he was teaching me on a personal level also translated towards food. And I began to come up with these strategies uh, for myself on how to overcome emotional eating. And as I continued to grow and practice as a nutritional therapist, I began to continue to be on the hunt for strategies that would help myself and my clients to overcome this hurdle for weight loss. Because this is big. I mean, there's millions and millions of people that want to lose weight that every year they try to diet unsuccessfully. Mm
1: Yeah, yeah yeah true did you go to n t eight for your own like to resolve your own problems or did you know already oh i'm gonna help people to also with with their health
2: well you know i i went because um i was in transition i i own a massage therapy practice and i Injured myself and couldn't do the massage anymore. And I loved helping people and figuring out the puzzle of people. So someone would come into me with some radiating pain into their arm, and I would be all excited to try and figure out okay, is that radiating pain coming from a herniated disc? Is it coming from an impingement? And when I injured myself and I couldn't do that anymore, and I just kind of ran the business. It just wasn't my bliss. And so when the NTA program came across my desk, I just jumped at it because I knew then I could figure out the puzzle of people from a digestive standpoint, from a blood sugar regulation standpoint. Mm. So for me, it was kind of a combination of I love helping people. And a part of what drives me is kind of learning and figuring out the puzzle.
1: Yeah. NTA is awesome. I am also NTP, so I love it.
2: Yes, they have a great program.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. Um, the main topic of today is emotional eating, like you just talked a little bit about. Can we define a little better, like what is emotional eating? Because, like you even said before, we all eat by our emotions too. It's part of who you are, not just eat because we have to, right? So, can we define a little better this?
2: Sure, sure. So, um, w- when we, we eat, there's two different things to be aware of. When we eat, we're either eating to feed our physical body or eating to feed our emotions. And so, emotional eating is when we eat any time other than when our physical body is calling to us for food. So, um, for and really good way, and this is the number one strategy that I work with my clients on, is, is figuring out what is emotional eating and how do I know when I'm doing it? And the first strategy is basically learning how to eat Only when your physical body is hungry. And so when the physical body is hungry, you feel it in your body. Your stomach begins to growl and you may begin to feel, you know, maybe a little queasy. And you definitely get a signal from your body that says, you know, I I think I'm hungry. And there's different stages. If you play around with your hunger and you put off hunger and you let it go a little bit more, that stomach growling may get stronger, and you may get a little bit more queasy, and you may even get a little bit nauseous. And then if you play around with your hunger and let it go even further, you can get to the point where your stomach is really growling, you may get nauseous, and all of a sudden you begin to lose mental clarity as your blood sugar levels begin to drop. And this is hunger on the extreme level. And a lot of people let their hunger go to this point and they start getting angry, or what I like, what, what people will call it, hangry. And so I encourage people to play around with their own hunger signal. And when you can identify what physical hunger is like, then you can separate and begin to tell the difference between emotional hunger. Emotional hunger typically arises from the head. It's a part of our thoughts. You know, it's it's a part of our emotions. I come home, I've had a bad day, and I want to soothe myself because I've had a bad day, and so I'll reach for a glass of wine or a beer or some chocolate or whatever it is that I want to soothe myself with.
1: Yeah, this reminds me my father. Yeah. Sorry to cut you. This reminds me of my father. I'm in Brazil right now here with my family, and we... Even after we have dinner, for example, uh, let's say one hour after he goes to the refrigerator just to check it out out of nowhere, you know, (laughs) even though he's physically full, but he goes there to check it out. There is an emotional part there for sure. And also, I remember reading a book from Deepak Chopra about diet and nutrition, and he was the first chapter of the book was all about awareness. That's what you're just saying right now, because a lot of our behaviors sometimes we just go from from the emotional side it's not even the the need the physical need right
2: yes yes we eat unconsciously totally yeah. unconsciously and what your father's doing is is he's his physical hunger has been satiated but his emotional hunger has not
1: Mm -hmm. So how do you deal with that? I mean, like how do you start this conversation with people who are having problems related to emotional eating?
2: Well, basically, shining the light on it is the, the number one thing. When you bring consciousness to eating, everything changes. When um, when I work with people and I train them to be in tune with their body and to tell the difference between emotional hunger and physical hunger, then they begin to feed themselves when their physical body is hungry. And then what happens is is then they can see what it is that they're trying to feed, soothe, or avoid. And so, how a couple of the strategies that I use is to guide people to um, take easy, easy action steps. You know, sometimes it's You know, we get so caught up in the going and the doing, you know, and, and we get home at the end of the day and we're eating while we're watching TV or we're multitasking and we don't even sit down to honor, you know, where our food comes from. So teaching people how to be present with their food, being grateful for their food and to take very easy action steps. Oftentimes people think that they have to do all or nothing and an easy action step could be as simple as taking a deep breath. Anytime you feel the chaos of your emotions, because you know the the nature of being present with your food is calmness. The nature of emotional eating is is chaos. And so, taking a deep breath and bringing presence to your eating experience is the number one thing. And yeah. and often this can still be difficult because when you're sitting in some of that discomfort, some of the things that come up can be. Painful. I mean, the things that we experience in life are inherently painful. We all experience loss and failure and rejection, and um, we all face our own aging and illness. And so, what we experience on a, on a daily basis is inherently painful, but it doesn't do us any good to, to push it away or pretend that it doesn't exist. So, taking a deep breath is one putting down
1: this is so simple this is so simple but we don't do it most of the times because of the distractions that we have nowadays there is tv is on the radio might be on we might be checking out our phones and they might be texting and noise comes from everywhere so there is a lot of distractions nowadays yes and so you're not relaxed that's the first thing i talk to clients or my family or even myself is just when it's time for the meal, it's time to relax and be completely present with yes. whoever is sitting with us, right? Not just like because of the emotional side, like we are just talking, but also physical. There is a lot of things going on in your body. And as you know, when we learn on NETA uh, course, there is digestion enzymes going on, right? So you have to be on a parasympathetic stage. That means relaxed yes. when you're in a sympathetic stage, that means there's stress. It's kind of like you're running from the tiger. And so you are not going to be producing enzymes to digest your food. So that means you have to calm down. You have to sit down and relax. That's why it's so important, right? And I think, in the, especially in the USA, people are really like, they don't sit anymore to have lunch or dinner with family. Here in Brazil, it's a, a little better still. In Europe, I think there is a, a the cultural side it's better and helps us with this subject of, of calming down and sitting and being present, right?
2: Yes, yes, absolutely.
1: So what about people who come to you and say, oh my God, but eating healthy is boring. Like I hear all the time these uh, <laughs> people who come and like, oh, but I, I don't really enjoy eating healthy because they have these conceptions of... Uh, that eating healthy might be just broccoli with chicken breasts right right how do you do that
2: well um, you know I think the my philosophy which is of course good decisions most of the time is because life is too short not to have chocolate life is too short not to have that bacon cheeseburger or french fries or, or beer or whatever it is that your your favorite treat is and I mm-hmm. think a lot of people think that they have to do all or none and they label food as good and bad but you know I I don't look at food as good and bad I look at food as cause and effect you know for instance you know when people eat vegetables they tend to feel light and energetic and and healthy and when people eat processed foods or refined foods and junk food they tend to feel heavy and lethargic so there's no good or bad it's just cause and effect Now, when junk food is over-consumed, then it can lead towards illness and disease. So I tend to recommend people, um, you know, enjoying making good decisions most of the time, but still giving yourself the opportunity to have that splurge meal. You know, take one meal a week or two meals a week that you can eat whatever you want without any guilt and without any shame. And this is a really big one because you know people you know often look at food as something that gets in the way of them becoming the person that they want to be which is thin and healthy But nothing could be further from the truth. You see, when you make peace with food and you don't look at food as something that's good or bad, or I have to eat healthy or not healthy, and, and instead shift your, your belief system so that you're, um, navigating the world based upon what feels good for you. And when you return to eating consciously, something amazing happens. All of a sudden, you're, you're, instead of moving from, I have to eat this because this is what the health experts say. This is the paleo diet or this is the good decisions diet or this is the South Beach diet. Instead of looking outward for other people to tell us what we should and should not be eating, we can return to our inner hunger signal and our own inner guidance. And when we tune into our body and say, Hey body, you know, what am I hungry for? Eventually what will happen is the body will guide you and What will happen is instead of sitting down to um, a, a container of ice cream and eating the whole container, when you tune in and you eat that ice cream consciously, oftentimes you'll only need maybe two or three bites. Mm. My, I have a friend of mine who did this with chocolate pudding, and it was really amazing. You know, I, I've met him like two or three times, and every time he was talking about the chocolate pudding that was in his refrigerator. And so he tried this, and he went to the refrigerator and he got the chocolate pudding, and he he looked at the chocolate pudding, and he held it into his hand, and and he appreciated. Everything that that chocolate pudding had to go through to to get to to him. And he smelled the chocolate pudding. And then he took a bite of the chocolate pudding like he had never eaten it before. And he tasted Mm. the sweetness and the smoothness. And he enjoyed it. And he only ate two bites. And then Mm. he put the rest of the container away. And for him, that was huge. Because that's the first time that he'd ever only eaten two bites. And so I tell people that you know instead of looking at eating as something that's you know I have to do this or I'm not going to be healthy, I would say you know don't get caught up in the uh, the good and the bad of food, but get caught up in what's your body want and what does mm-hmm. your body need, and don't attach any good or bad to it, and you'll find naturally that your body will be drawn towards the healthier foods, and that's what you will want.
1: Yeah, that's kind of like how I live my life. I'm probably eating pretty well, like for, you know, what I really need my body 80% of the time and 20% I really don't stress. And if I'm going to a party or something, there is something that is not really healthy, but I go and I enjoy the food I eat and I know that I'm enjoying the food. I'm not like, oh, restricting. And I think that's the difference between a restriction and abundance, the mentality also. It's really important, right? However, I think still we have to mention this, it's not for every situation, for every person. There are some people who, who have to be really restricted. I mean, like they have to try to follow 100% because of different situations, different. they might have an immune problem, autoimmune disease, right? So you have to see the, each case specifically. I think we have to tell this to our audience. We're not, having, we're not saying everybody ha- should have a cheat day, right?
2: Well, you know, it, it's really interesting. As soon as you tell somebody that they can't have something, they want it even more. Mm-hmm, and that's true. and and there is no can or can't. We all have a choice. You know, when I see people that are facing autoimmune conditions um, and and very serious health conditions, oftentimes, um, and, and my my community or, or my followers may be very different than yours. Yours might be more of a... Um, uh, uh athletic community. Um but often the people that I see, you know, they they feel the pressure of that that I have to eat this all the time. And what happens is they go into rebellion and they feel that they don't have a choice. And so, you know, I really like to put all of the choices on the table and Empower that person to understand that this isn't something that they have to do They can choose to eat really crappy and they can choose to go Downhill and continue down that path of ill health and eventually Die in an early death. I mean that's always a choice that we all have and the question becomes um, And and this is kind of the difficulties for a lot of people is that they they want to make that choice to heal their bodies and to overcome that autoimmune condition or they want to lose weight but they don't know how and typically what's it, what's happening is there there's some kind of a conflict that's going on for instance you know anyone that has an autoimmune disease or diabetes or any health condition where they feel that they have to eat healthy in order to reach their goal mm-hmm. but there's a conflict in their life let's say that that person is using food to fill one of their their human needs and we have uh, you know some of our basic human needs is for love and connection and some people use food To meet that need for love and connection when they sit down with friends and they sit down with family or they'll sit down with them the food for themselves. It's a way of feeling connection to themselves. And so they'll commiserate with their friends of I can't lose weight and I can't do this. So let's go have some some ice cream or let's go have some dessert or let's eat unhealthy together. So it's a way of connecting with and bonding to people. And as long as they have that need being met by food, it's going to be very difficult to say okay i have to do everything so there's the conflict and so if if people can resolve that inner conflict and and find other ways to meet their important needs you know whether they're using food for love and connection whether they're using it for significance you know screw this i i don't care i don't really want to be thin anyway it's a way of kind of exerting our power so when we can you know guide Um, our clients back to their hunger signal, their satiation signal, and look at how this person might be using food to meet their needs and empower them to find other ways of meeting those needs, then that person will naturally, I believe, gravitate towards eating and making good decisions most of the time, if not all of the time. And then it becomes overcoming that immune disease instead of being this huge thing just kind of naturally unfolds and evolves.
1: Hey guys, what's up? Bruno Gama here, Brazilian Health Nut. And let's take a little break from the show because I would like to offer you something. If you go to my website, www.brazilianhealthnut.com and click on the page Burn Fat Forever, you can go ahead and claim your free consultation with me right now, okay? Or you can just send me an email at brazilianhealthnut@gmail.com. at gmail.com. So you can start to lose weight and feel healthier right now, okay? So go ahead and claim your free consultation with me and remember that spots are limited, okay? Now let's get back to the show. I wanna talk about this inner conflict a little more later. We'll get okay. more deep. But before before that, um you have something going back to the strategies to overcome overeating mm-hmm. and it was something like Stop when your body is satisfied. Oh, so yeah. that, sound, that sounds easy, right? But how do you recognize, especially when you're overeating, like emotionally, right? How do you practically talking, how do you recognize that?
2: Okay. Well, typically, if there's emotional eating, typically comes from the head. And uh, physical satiation comes from your body. And so being in tune with your satiation signal is really key. So, um, you know, I encourage people to really play around with this. So sit down to a meal and be really, really conscious and do like what we talked about with the pudding. Honor Mm -hmm. where the food came from. Take a few deep breaths. Smell your food. You know, shut off all the distractions that are around you and sit down and eat your meal consciously. And what you'll find is you'll you'll eat the first bite and then you'll eat the second bite and then at some point during that meal your body will send you a subtle signal that says, "Wow, that was really good, but now I'm done." Mm-hmm. And then if you continue to eat, then you're you'll begin to f- experience a, a fullness. And your you might feel a little tired um, as your body begins to kind of, you know, reroute energy to your stomach to start dealing with the food that you've digested. And if you continue to eat past that food, that that, that point, then you'll experience discomfort. Then, is this kinda of, it's kinda of like
1: eating to eighty percent full when people say like, oh eat until we're eighty percent full? Oh is gosh, that something yeah. similar?
2: You can you can eat to ten percent, fifteen to twenty to thirty to forty, all the way up to a hundred percent. You know, your hundred percent full is your post-Thanksgiving meal where everybody's passed out <laughs> on the couches, you know. Um, mm. and it's good to know the different levels of satiation. But the, the the one thing that can trip people up is that and this is the funniest part is that you'll be in the middle of this absolutely delicious meal and you'll be tuned into your physical body and your physical body state will say, wow, that was really great, but now I'm done. And your fork will be kind of like paused midway between your plate and your mouth. And then all of a sudden, this little devil will crawl up onto your shoulder and start whispering into your ear, oh, just eat that other bite, eat the rest of your plate. You know, you don't really want to be skinny anyway, or, Mm. you know, you've had a rough day. Um, And the mind will start coming up with all of these reasons why you should keep eating. And so... When it comes to stopping when your physical body is satisfied, it's imperative to know the difference between the voices in your head, which I call the thinking mind, versus your observing self, your inner guidance. Right. Yeah. Um, right. And the, 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 the key in that one is that the voice in your head, the little devil that's on your shoulder, that's going to be chaotic in nature. It's you're, you're going to feel, um, you know, and sometimes it will be really mild where it'll just be like a mild chaoticness or you'll feel it in your head um, versus being totally at peace and calm and being in your physical body.
1: Yeah, that little voice is not us really. That little voice is just somebody like saying, Oh, eat that because we don't know when it's not going to have food again. You know, it might be, Oh, it feels good. It's like it's dopamine release. So yes. it's. it's
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, and so really increasing your awareness and going, oh, there's my thinking mind. Yes, oh, exactly. Okay, that's not my thinking mind. That's my little devil, you know. And and my sister, she named her little devil Hermy. It's really funny. She goes oh, there's Hermy again.
1: <laughs> yeah, I call the monkey. Yeah, the monkey mind.
2: Yeah, monkey mind's great <laughs> for that. Absolutely.
1: Another thing here that I saw that you did you use with a clients it's journaling. I also love journaling. And how can you tell a little bit how are you dealing with this subject? How yeah. does it work for for losing weight and yeah. overcoming these obstacles?
2: So this is really great because you know oftentimes you know people will go okay Danny I'm going to I'm going to do this I'm going to try this. And they'll go home or they'll have a rough day. And They'll go, okay, okay. What does Danny tell me to do? Eat when I'm hungry. Okay. Stop when I'm full. Okay. Okay. And then, um, oh, what's the other thing that I'm supposed to do? Oh yeah, I'm going to be calm. I'm going to tune into my inner guidance. Well, you know what? It was a rough day. I'm going to grab that beer anyway, right? I mean, you might, you might have one of those days where your boss is being a jerk or your employees aren't doing what you want them to do and your kids are running around the house like crazy. and And it's like, you know, being present is just not enough and you need something more. I tell people, when you feel that compulsion to go for food, reach for your journal instead because there's an energy to it, right? There's that chaotic, compulsive energy of eating when we're not hungry or getting ready to binge or reaching something that we know is not conducive to our health. And instead of reaching for that food, if we can reach for a journal instead and just get it out, puke on paper, write down, my boss is a jerk, my employees aren't doing what I want them to do, my car's not running well, my children are running around the house like little monkeys and I've got this project due and and I'm not feeling up to it and I just don't know that I can handle this and (coughs) just get it Mm -hmm. out. And eventually what will happen is you'll, you'll, you'll end, that, that puking will end, and then you have on paper what it is that's trying to, that's, that's, that's um, pushing you to, what, you're, what it is you're trying to eat to feed
1: right. soup. The root cause the problem.
2: Yes, there's the root cause. And right. then when you have that root cause, then you can go, oh, this is what I'm trying to feed. This is what I'm trying to soothe and this is what I'm trying to avoid.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Huh, that reminds me when like more than two years ago when I was in a relationship and it was not really good. I was almost depressed and I remember I, remember I had some things like this. I would go and eat so much just to, I don't know, to feel good, right? Yeah. Because but the the root cause was the relationship that was not good. Yeah. it was not the food. Mm-hmm. The food is never the problem. The problem is your inner. That that's what's going on in your life.
0: Right.
2: That's
1: really what's going on, right? Yeah. So difference between small steps and cold turkey. You know how how do you do if your clients? How do you recommend people to do this? You know, just oh, let's do this everything at once or oh no like this week let's just look into hydration let's just look what you drinking right how do you have this conversation? How do you handle it?
2: Well, you know, I really honor the person because everybody is so different. I've had clients that um, have come into my office and they have that all-or-none attitude and they, they want to drink from the fire hose. And so with those clients, and I will sit down and I'll do an all-or-none approach and we'll say, okay, let's customize this diet. Let's look at your digestion. Let's look at your blood sugar regulation and let's set up the game plan. And, um, and then oftentimes they'll come back And some people are able to implement it and do great and other people are not. And then you just go, okay, well, let's just kind of shift our approach then and, and go this other route. Other people really need to go slow. Um, you know, taking little baby steps at a time, you know, oftentimes, especially with sugar, sugar is one of the most of, you know, I feel addictive substances out there Mm. and, um, it, it can be very difficult to get off of sugar because of so many reasons. Not only, I mean, is it one of the ideal foods that we can use to, to soothe ourselves because it tickles our dopamine center and it releases these euphoric endorphins that make us feel great. Um, but in addition to that, you know, it, it, we can go after that high. Sometimes we don't even need to be depressed to reach for sugar. Sometimes we like it just because it makes us feel good.
1: Yeah, and it's everywhere.
2: Yeah, and it's oh. so easy to, yes. yeah,
1: it's legal, it's legal.
2: Yes, and, um, and so in that situation, I'll have people just begin to slowly wean themselves off of sugar. You know, for instance, if someone puts four teaspoons of sugar in their coffee, you know just bring it down to 3 and when you get to that point where you're at 3 and that's totally fine then bring it down to 2 so that way the the person gets the feeling of accomplishment and i think this is really important so you know as humans we are hardwired to seek pleasure and avoid pain and mm-hmm. so our brains get stuck into these patterns and these habits and oftentimes we try to make too big of a change it, and we can't quite achieve it and so then we fail and then we feel bad about ourselves but if we start off small and we make these small little changes then we can have this feeling of accomplishment and when we get that feeling of accomplishment something happens we get, a sensation shoots up to the brain and tickles a different area in the prefrontal cortex that's responsible for executive control and this is what then you get a different high you get a high of achievement a high of I did this a feeling of empowerment so you know while everybody's different some people love the all-or-none approach most people I have found need to take smaller baby steps that are easier to accomplish and when they accomplish it then they get that feeling of exhilaration of having achieved something
1: yeah, it's all about knowing thyself, right? Yes, yes, more, more than anything.
2: And as a practitioner, I think that that can be really hard because you know we get so excited about all of the things that we can do. And I yeah, when to
1: say everything at once, like oh, oh yeah. do this.
2: Oh, I totally did that when I first started practicing, and mm-hmm. then I began to realize that okay, I was kind of serving my own excitement as opposed yeah. to what the client really needs. Yeah,
1: exactly. Danny, is there any food like? particularly that you like to include in a diet to balance these emotional sides, Um, the mental mental side?
2: um, Well, I love um, multiple nutrients that are good for um, blood sugar control because so many of the people that that I see are dealing with... um, you know sugars and sweets, and we're talking about addictive tendencies, and and oftentimes those deplete a lot of the B vitamins. So sometimes I'll use prenatal, sometimes I'll do like a one a day, um, and then it, and then it just depends on the individual person, of course. You know if if someone's got a lot of the emotional stuff, depending upon, you know, if their digestion is shut down as a result of that, you know, then of course, I'll I'll definitely begin to look at herbs that may be more relaxing in nature. I'm also a clinical herbalist. Um, yeah. And so it just kind of depends upon the person, but yeah, definitely nutrient dense foods. And if I can't get somebody to eat the nutrient dense foods, then yeah, I'll, I'll reach for supplements. You bet.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you have any favorites that you can share with us, or it's very particular oh, no, to the no, situation? Oh no, no, I do.
2: I have some favorites. So I love um, for digestion. I really enjoy um, triphala. It's a, a tridoshic herbal combination that's really wonderful for sluggish digestion. Um, so anyone that's really constipated or they're holding on to things and they're having a hard time letting go, um, I really love triphala. That's really nice. Um, I also love um, neem, which is a really great herb for, it's a it's a very bitter herb that can st- How do you spell that? N-E-E-M. Neem. Okay. Neem. Never heard about this one. Yeah, it almost reminds me of the little minions, you know, neem, neem, neem. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, um, you know, for blood sugar regulation, um, I love the bioglycosine forte, um, mm-hmm. and that's through biotics. Um, yep. For, you know, hormonal imbal- imbalances, it just depends upon the person. Um, um, I use a lot of Don Quai, Shatvari, Ashwagandha. Um yeah, it just kind of depends upon the person. But those are definitely some of my favorites. What uh probiotics, I love using probiotics. Um, mm. and, you know, especially if I can't get someone to eat the you know fermented foods. Fermented foods. Yeah, because some people love that stuff and some people really don't. And so um um I use uh prescriptocyst and I also love the interplexus of Kent um they have a rejuvaflora series they've been out of stock with it for a while but but that's another one that i really really like
1: awesome a lot of a good resource thank you so oh, much you for can. that so my last question here one of my last questions is about unconditional love what does this has to do with weight loss uh, if you can say that
2: <laughs> yeah you know unconditional love has Pretty much everything to do with weight loss. Because, you know, when we love ourselves and we care about ourselves enough to care about what's going on inside of us, inside of our heads, inside of our bodies, um, then we we make peace with food, right? All of a sudden food, when we love ourselves unconditionally, we begin to walk the path of acceptance and allowance, and we become present with ourselves and our life, we begin to see that, you know, we're, we're so worthy. I think two of the, the main fears that everyone has underneath everything is the fear of not being good enough, and the fear of not being loved. And when we can return to our own inner truth and we come to the realization, it's not like we're remembering. it. It's not like we have to convince ourselves that we're worthy because we are worthy. That's just who we really are beneath the chaos of our thinking mind is someone who is absolutely worthy and absolutely lovable. And when we get to that point where we accept ourselves and allow ourselves and we're at peace with ourselves, then we don't need to feed, soothe, or avoid anything. And emotional eating fades away. And eating just becomes something that we do to feed our physical body and something that we can do to get together with people socially. And and it becomes so much more enjoyable. There's no guilt and there's no shame with it. So yeah, it's, it's big.
1: Yeah, that's a big topic. Yeah. Uh, just scratching the surface. So, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us that I haven't asked you, or that you think it's cool for us to to know about it?
2: You know, I would say maybe touch. I would touch on a little bit more about uh, resolving the inner conflicts because that seems to be what comes up for a lot of people. Is they say, "I want to lose weight and I really want to get healthy," but um, I'm using food in a way to soothe myself, right. Or to meet one of my needs. So I would encourage people to look at how they're using food to meet their needs. You know, am I using it for variety in my life? Is my life get really boring? Is my life boring? And, um, I'm using it to, you know, bring me something change, you know, some variety in my life, or am I using do I want to lose weight, but I'm really bored and I don't believe that it's okay for me to, um, be present. For instance, so many of us are human doings that we're not human beings. And when Mm -hmm. we realize that we're using food as something to keep us busy, then that can be a conflict that needs to be resolved first. So, you know, resolving the conflict of, okay, it's okay for me to be a human being not a human doing so mm. it, resolving the inner conflicts I think can be really really helpful because you know most of the time we don't realize how we're using food to, to meet our needs so yeah
1: yeah the takeaway from me from this call today is, is this the, the inner conflict so it's a, it's a very important subject mm-hmm. to, to talk about it so Danny where can people find you and what's next for you now?
2: Well, they can find me at Um, gooddecisions.com. What is up? uh, What's new for me? Wow. There's so much. Um, I am really enjoying uh, working with people on overcoming emotional eating. And I'm uh, doing a book tour. I'm doing some public speaking. We're doing some workshops. And I'm sensing an online program um, that I'm working on to take people through the process of overcoming emotional eating online, uh, one Mm -hmm. module at a time. And we're hoping to launch that by uh, spring. Um, and I think I'm feeling another book inside of me um, on mm-hmm. specifically emotional eating because the the current book, Good Decisions, most of the time, is primarily about nutrition um, with some really great recipes and some herbal nutritional nuggets. And and at the end of each chapter, I touch on the psychology of food and give the reader. Homework to begin the journey of overcoming emotional eating, and so I would really love to expand on that and just continue to see where where it takes me
1: yeah that's a great subject. Will you be in New York by any chance during the book signing
2: um there's a good chance that I will be actually I think I might be in New York towards uh, September
1: oh cool yeah so hopefully I'll be there and <laughs> we can we can hang out. Dani, thank you so much for being here with us today. I appreciate the time and I hope to see you soon.
2: You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks
0: for listening to the Brazilian Health Nut Show. Go to www.brazilianhealthnut.com for much more information about how to burn fat for the rest of your life. Hasta luego.